Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael. I'm a chaser, and uh, today I am I am a super accomplished work boy. I had a had a long weekend of filmmaking and short filming. Uh, I was on set, and I'm feeling really, really good about that. Uh, masks included. Everybody had masks. I just want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so- and socially distanced on top of that. Indeed. Yes. Yes. But I'm I'm jazzed. I'm pumped. I'm ready for a work week of sitting in front of my desk now. <laughs> Yay! Wall desk, mask. Desk. Desk. <laughs> desk. <laughs> my name's Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living in Hollywood, and I too am a happy work boy. I have lots of stuff like bubbling around now. It's a good thing. I'm, I'm yeah. happy to have things on my plate again. Hmm. Bubbling on your plate. I'm Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And um, a lovely, relaxing weekend in cooler than previous temperatures. And now I have a yes. massive work week ahead. And I'm not looking forward to that. I'd like to stay in the weekend. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Weekend. Weekend. <laughs> I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub. And uh, I haven't really looked at what I have to do. It's kind of this abstract, like, um, word cloud of a to-do list <laughs> that I haven't put into a form to deal with yet. So don't do good it. Good luck, future Trevor. <laughs> I just love the idea of a to-do list in the form of a word cloud. <laughs> you have to decipher which order things go in. I got stuff to do, man. Stuff. Stuff is the biggest word in that word cloud. <laughs> yeah. Well, how's everybody doing on this really slow, sleepy Monday morning? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> the thing where, oh, well, maybe it'll happen by Wednesday. The thing we've been waiting for to happen hasn't happened yet. <laughs> you, all, uh, you all in the future know what we're we, talking yeah, about. Yeah, you guys know the answer to this. I, I actually don't know what you're talking about, I have Trevor. No what are you idea talking, what you're talking about? about? I, it, I think it has to do with the fact that uh, the president has scheduled himself for a rally or public event every single night until election night. <laughs> oh. Work hard. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> so let's get to our first story, unless there's anything else that we, we haven't uh, tackled yet. In the no, world uh, I think it's important to get to it because people are dying to know who, <laughs> who won? was the fattest bear for Bear Week. There oh, God, they I was are. Nice thinking about that, Mister Fat Bear America. <laughs> um, it it uh, was so two uh, one. Don't keep us in suspense. Yeah, uh, the bear seven forty seven, which I had commented on <laughs> I, them having like some of them just having numbers, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I didn't get the joke until the headline: wide-bodied <laughs> seven forty seven crowned Alaska's fattest bear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I am particularly in love with the 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 part of the article that says, you know, we thought he was fat enough in July to hibernate, but he just kept eating and eating and getting fatter and fatter. Is <laughs> uh, <laughs> that shaming a bear getting ready for no, hibernation? No, that's not, not fat shaming, that's porn. <laughs> celebrating. And uh, quote, un- he, conti- uh, he was fat enough to hibernate in July and yet continuing to eat until his belly, belly seemed to drag across the ground by late September. <laughs> <laughs> As I said. <laughs> I gotta say, it's worth going to see the picture of that bear because he's—that's just a handsome bear. It's just it's, a handsome I love bear. that his face isn't in the picture at all. It's just like him, like slightly from behind, <laughs> where you just see belly and ass. It's just a big bear butt. <laughs> you know, you know, Michael. Sometimes the less you see, the more you see. That's true. 
So uh, when we did our our show about taking your profile picture for online dating, <laughs> <laughs> take some notes from 747. This is a winner. This See, a I winner. posted a picture just like this one. And I got no responses. <laughs> uh, so next up, we have a thing. It's a trailer. It's a thing. It's a movie trailer. I think we're all a little unclear as to what to really it's make it. It's a Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, because that's Batman. still a thing, apparently. <laughs> Mel Gibson called Fat uh, Man. <laughs> called Fat Man, which yes. I thought was like the way the trailer starts. Like, okay, let's just set this up now. It's about Santa. Uh, the trailer is delivered as though it's the spy in retirement that they're going to for help with a very special problem. Right, um, and then it opens like up shooter. to some little boy getting coal for Christmas. And taking a hit out on Santa Claus, who turns out to be Mel Gibson, the spy that's being recruited. See, yes. thank you um, so much, Don. That really frames it for me because I couldn't get any of this. Like, why is this even in the? Why are these things in the same movie? Well, the the description <laughs> of the film is to save his declining business. Santa Claus is forced into a partnership with the military, but a devious twelve year old hires a hitman to kill the jolly elf after getting a lump of coal in his stocking. Like, yep, that's the trailer, but it still doesn't make sense. It still doesn't make like how do the military and like and the rich kid with a car in his stocking? I think okay. it's weird that they cast. Well, one, I think it's weird that they cast Mel Gibson. I, um, he probably engineered the whole thing. I can't is imagine. Is he, he in got, a fat must, suit? Must be it. But Did uh, they even try but to then make him fat? he's playing Santa, but he's not. He's not fat. There's no fat suit. Nope. He's, he's the fat barely man. got a belly. Yeah, he's yeah. fat in the sense that he doesn't. He no longer has abs like he did when he was twenty. Yeah, yeah. But a, they're like still shaggy. referring to him as the fat man, and I think there are a couple things there where people are calling him fat. And yeah, it's, he's it's just silly. not. I don't I, understand. I'm very confused by it. I think the casting was probably the yeah. best and worst decision they made. It's like casting Nicolas Cage to play Santa. Like, yeah. okay, oh, I'd watch you're that. not really even want, like, <laughs> by the way, I would watch that movie. I wouldn't watch so, Mel Gibson in anything really. My recommendation is if Christmas is rolling around and you're looking for a good, fun family member, family friendly quality movie about a hit being taken out on Santa Claus, I recommend Hogfather. <laughs> it is a two-part miniseries from a couple years back uh from the mind of terry pratchett it was well executed really good mm. and uh actually has some thought behind the eyes on it <laughs> and, and it has a fat santa so there you go um next up we have exciting news in the world of julie murphy um that's the young adult author about... who wrote uh dumplin yes Dumplin' uh, and, put in and others forthcoming, forthcoming pumpkin mm-hmm Yes. Uh, so this is, um, it's called If the Shoe Fits, and the description is, after just graduating with a degree in shoe design and trying to get her feet on the ground, Cindy is working for her stepmother, who happens to be the executive producer of America's favorite reality show, Before Midnight. When a spot on the show needs filling ASAP, Cindy volunteers, hoping it might help jumpstart her career in fashion, or at least give her something to do while her peers land jobs in the world of high fashion. Turns out being the only plus-size woman on a reality dating competition makes a splash, and soon Cindy becomes a body positivity icon for women everywhere. What she doesn't expect, that she may just find inspiration and love in the process. Ultimately, Cindy learns that if the shoe doesn't fit, maybe it's time to design your own. And she could, <laughs> right? Because she's, she's a shoe, a shoe designer. designer. That's the whole, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a reimagining of, um, it's like retellings of Disney stories. Fairy tales. Yeah, fairy tales for adults. 
Cool. But it looks like it looks cool. And we'll yeah. pr- we'll put a link to the article on our, our site. Yes. Um, so what is this other article you posted? Um, yeah. So a listener sent this in. It's it's pretty straightforward, um, but it was just a nice uh, sort of affirmation of, you know, I guess like self-confidence. Uh, it's fr- it's an article in Instinct uh, magazine uh, written by Ryan Shea, uh, basically just saying you know the the title of the article is i'm 34 still fat still single and still doing absolutely fine i don't know that there are any like major revelations in it but it was just nice to see somebody talking about the idea that i can be all of these things and by the way i'm fucking fine like you don't need to tell me that i'm not uh based on these things that everyone else seems to think are bad things Mm -hmm. yeah i really liked i really liked the fact that he's like yeah i'm fat and i really don't want to lose weight kind of not into that and yeah the gym opened next door to me but and all these guys with abs are sweating there and i don't really <laughs> feel a strong pull to go um he's like because i'm yeah. fine because i'm doing yeah. okay so, and it's short you know so take if you just want a little pick me up during the day mm-hmm. take two minutes and give it a look but i know when most of us want a little pick me up during the day what do we do we go to Lizzo Watch 2020. <laughs> I am the transition king. <laughs> king. It's Lizzo Watch. Way, it's always Lizzo Watch here. <laughs> um, more and more over the years. So uh, someone mentioned this to me uh, last week. A listener uh, shared this. But also Lizzo pointed out that last Tuesday, I believe, October 6th, uh, was Plus Size Appreciation Day. Um, which I'm normally not a fan of like, it's national roller skate day. Um, you know, there's, there's so many national whatever days, but to have a, uh, national plus size appreciation day is a wonderful discovery. Um, but you made a post and said, uh, oh, it's national plus size appreciation day. I'm gonna say it like this. Shout out to my size 18 plus beauties out there. We're getting our visibility and finally brands are beginning to catch up to how fly we've always been. We are fashion. We are sex symbols. We are it. There's a long road to inclusivity and we won't stop until we're there. Until then, shake your belly, love handles and jiggly thighs. Love your double chin and wear them bikinis because you a bad bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um. So happy belated plus size appreciation day to all of our listeners out there and um, yeah. start making your plans for next plus size appreciation day. Uh, and go out even though we and, don't know what the world's going to look like then. <laughs> and appreciate a plus size person, whether it's yourself or somebody you know. Yes. And if you don't have anyone to appreciate, you can appreciate me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Keep those cards and let us send us. Yes. Send a self-addressed envelope to Big Fat Game Podcast. <laughs> Here box. Wait, um, does, that jo- that, does that whole joke about being so fat that you have your own zip code apply to our mailbox? Yes. I hope so. Yay. <laughs> Along with uh, Smokey the Bear. and <laughs> uh, Netflix released a trailer for um, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman, uh, which is a show, on, it's a show on Netflix. The third season is coming out, and it's going to feature Lizzo. Um, which she's featured pretty heavily in the trailer and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't watched the show, but the trailer, it's, it looks like a really yeah. great show. I don't know if any, it does have, it looks like he gets some really interesting interviews, not just with Lizzo. I mean, it's, it's very much in that vein of, um, coffee with getting coffee with comedians, like, mm-hmm. you know, sitting down and talking to somebody one-on-one and having an, a more intimate look at their life and actually going undoing something with them. They had Robert Downey Jr. on, mm-hmm. um, Dave Chappelle, but 
yeah, it was really cool to see her. Like you can see her just like kind of taking control of like the vibe. Like she has him like doing his own, like I think he was supposed to be freestyling. Yeah. Like in her little she's, recording uh, studio. Getting him to record a song. She's teaching him how to play the flute. The f- yeah, uh, discussing yeah. fat shaming. So yeah, check that out. Uh, yes. When does it come out, Trevor? Do you know? October 21st. On Netflix. Yes. Great. And last up, <laughs> the last little Lizzo moment. <laughs> no, there's uh, actually two. There's two. There's oh, one there's that I saw. Mark. Is morning, there an but, extra? Um, Do we get an extra snack? Yeah, an extra little bit. Um, so there was just an amazing picture that she shared on Instagram where basically she's naked, except her hair is kind of covering her uh, butt crack or the... What's the the space between well, the she, cheeks called? The crack? The crack. Yeah, that's yeah. the crack. The Although crack goes all the way a, down. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, crack goes yes. all the way down, Trevor, if if everything's in order. I mean, unless you're talking about... <laughs> Otherwise, it could be painful. <laughs> uh, but the caption is, BBW, the B stands for breakfast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the real question is, is which B or is it both? Does that mean the beautiful woman is breakfast? I don't know. <laughs> <The> <laughs> The extra B oh. stands for B-Y-O-B-B. <laughs> uh, so what is this other one? What's well, the other one? This last one yeah. is, um, I sh- you can actually Lizzo. click on the link um, in the little Zoom chat, but it's, <laughs> she has a pasty stuck on her nipple. It looks oh, painful. No. Yes. And she's talking about like, I can't get it off. It's been on for two days and she's <laughs> oh, trying God. to get it off. <laughs> oh. And she's like, how do I, like, what do I do? <laughs> I've tried putting oil on it. No. I think whenever I mean I've never had anything on my nipple, but I have had um there was one time uh I had an EKG and they le- accidentally left on one of oh. the little sticky the things that was on my chest yeah. here. Uh oh yeah. And get oh just like <laughs> I oh, yeah. I don't know if my advice would be like just rip it off. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Not with the nipple. If it was skin, just regular skin, maybe, but oof. Yeah, if you just rip it off, the nipple might be one of the things that goes with it. Ouch. Those things can oh. be very enthusiastic. Oh. I hear children <laughs> hang on those things for months. But see, I feel like because like they're meant for babies to latch onto them and like uh, bite them and gum them and stuff, they're durable. And not just babies. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever been with that guy that just latches on, won't let go, and then uh, for like two days later, you're like, "I'm how do I have a bruise on?" Are you kidding? I get requests to be that guy. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, "Are you sure? Are you really sure?" Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) In high school, (laughs) I was dating this guy, and he was so aggressive with my nipples that, like, I feel like I maybe have permanent nerve damage or something because I was like sore for weeks afterwards. Oh, and it was like, no, this isn't like, no, stop. And he's like, okay, I'll keep going because that must stop mean it means. feels stop good. means go, <laughs> yay! Because the brake is an alternative accelerator. Um, <laughs> yeah, but hey, I guess take care of your nipples is the the takeaway from this. Yes, we need the, to do a whole segment about nipple health. Um, and maybe we'll find we out if nipple watch uh, next week if <laughs> Lizzo got the the pasty off. <laughs> we'll we'll keep you posted, or at least update you on the story. Yes. <laughs> As a fundraiser, we're going to be auctioning off that pasty. <laughs> <laughs> Hands and half a nipple. America. <laughs> um, All right. Uh, well, well, we we do contrary to popular belief, we do have a main subject for today. Yes. we do. Um, Fuck. <laughs> uh, so 
we wanted to kind of do a little a little bit more of a freeform discussion. Um, we've been talking a lot about body body positivity and uh, I guess some of the different terms that it means, but um, I think that there's I think that there's more there. Like, what does it mean? Uh, if you have body image issues, can you still accept yourself while having issues with your body? And how do you talk to other people about it? How do you encourage other people to accept how they look if you don't necessarily feel the same way? I think there's just a lot of lot of interesting discussions there, and we share four very different perspectives. So yes, um, let's open the floor. Um, I guess the first question would be: uh, Can you be fat positive and have issues with your own body? I think so in the sense that, you know, it, it's, it's what you're striving for. And whenever you have a commitment like that, sometimes you, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes you make it, sometimes you don't. And I, I think I, I remember way back when I was doing a, a seminar, one of my seminars in Berlin, and there was a woman from England and she actually introduced me to this topic, asking the question, can you be a fat activist if you're not okay being fat? which mm-hmm. is much like finer point to put on this. Right. And the answer is like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think it depends what you mean and what you do, but it's definitely something that I think everybody goes through. Yeah. I mean, I know something, this is kind of what um, prompted this idea. I, you know, I'm very comfortable being fat, but I do still have like any person, like weird things about my body that I fixate on. Mm-hmm. And one of them, Oh yeah, is my butt, which is ridiculous. It's beautiful, but okay, no, but because I always there's this thing where I always get messages from guys like, "Oh, you must have like an amazing huge ass," and like my butt, like it's fine, like it's I look. The the correct answer to that question is yes, thank you. No, but so just going through. Okay, so I have a big butt, but like not proportionately like big to my body. Like it is larger than the average ass (laughs) but like not compared to the rest of my body well i mean obviously i have i have a contrary opinion and i'm your husband so i'm a little past (laughs) that too but i guess i guess my question would be is this actually a source of concern or insecurity or how does it express yourself i mean not really in it's kind of insecurity because it's like i feel like i'm going to disappoint people because they're building (laughs) up my butt in their head it's like oh my god like it's like I don't know what they they're imagining. You're expecting that they're walking into your home while looking for the Lizzo balloon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just this weird thing where I get so self-conscious about it because it's like I mean it's I can get up. that because so many chasers are so sort of focused. Fi- I was going to say fixated. fixated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean they basically objectify one part of your body and build it up and then build it up to you in conversation. Mm-hmm. Like that's standard operating procedure for a lot of chasers that I've spoken to. And that can definitely make you nervous because like I can't possibly live up to your fantasy because it's a fantasy. But you, you, know? you know what I found though, when, when guys do that to me with, in terms of like musculature or body parts is even though I think, Oh God, that's a, they're putting a lot more emphasis on that than I certainly do. And I hope I don't disappoint them. They bring the fantasy with them. They see exactly what they want to see. And they do think your butt is that big and they will celebrate it. Like it's very, I, it's seldom the case that you lose that game. I find, although, I mean, I'm not the three of you, but I, I, 
What I'm saying is I think if you just shut up about it, they will be delighted and they will think their fantasy is true. Oh, I never say anything (laughs) to be blunt. You know, it's like, oh, you can build up as much as you want when you show up. If you're not happy, that's on you. Yeah. But what I'm saying is they're, they're, uh, you know, almost universally delighted because they brought the fantasy with them anyway. And right. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I having, I mean, I am a chaser that is, has been clear, made clear over the last 37 episodes. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> so brave. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like having a, like, I don't know, I guess fixated is the word done when you use on different aspects of a guy that I find attractive. Like I wouldn't do that unless I felt like I understood what it looked like like if you hide your like if you don't have any pictures of your butt i'm not going to talk about your butt because i've never seen it but if i feel like i have and i'm attracted to it i'm like that's a that's an ass right there like yeah <laughs> that's i i will i yeah that's there you go like i'm done i done. get what like, you're saying i don't feel like that's a common pattern though like i don't have any butt pictures of myself on any of my profile stuff like i, I just don't Mm-hmm. And that is one of the like the first things that guys ask me about on yes. <laughs> on that sort of app on that sort of app, you know, <laughs> on the more daty oriented apps. I think people swing a little bit more towards what you're talking about. But yeah, so I mean, I've talked about like, it before. Like I I have body issues. You know, I've been blunt about that. Um, I th- but I think like everyone, you you swing on a spectrum. Like there are days I feel good and I I can. I don't need any sort of outside reinforcement. And there are days where I need to be told I'm a little pretty, you know? Yeah. And I think it even goes hour by hour. There's sometimes when, you know, sure. you feel good. I mean, you feel good about yourself at 11 o'clock in the morning and you don't feel so good at three o'clock in the afternoon. And that's how you perceive your body. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's so much about perception and not about reality. I think it's, mm-hmm. the, I think the problem uh, certainly that I struggle with and probably that a lot of people do. And I think also what Trevor was describing is that it's, Im- it's impossible to be your own like pillar. Like you, you can't just be your own pillar living in a vacuum, keeping yourself built up and immune to all outside influence. And so when other people start bringing their stuff and putting it on you, whether it's this unreal, like, unrealistic expectation of how you should look or how you could look Mm -hmm. and they're putting that on you and you start getting concerned like am i going to disappoint this person or they start picking on things that you don't like about yourself in a negative way like oh you're too fat whatever which is a little more obvious you start having to manage all of these outside influences on you when maybe two hours ago you were feeling great about yourself because you were just living in your own day um and so it's it's this idea that you can't you can't just be your own like independent Titan moving through the world, completely immune to what other people are going to say or do to you. However, that's the struggle, right? Like that would be the goal, Uh, like to be able to just be totally self-sustaining. And I think when people try and hold themselves to that standard, like that's supposed to be normal somehow, the disappointment of sometimes being down on yourself makes it even worse. It sort of like takes you even lower and then you start going like, oh, why can't I just be happy with who I am? Why can't I just, you know, why can't I just be satisfied? Like I was fine last week and now I feel like shit and I don't know how to how to keep myself stable. Um, When I think the better answer is like you can accept that there's going to be an ebb and a flow Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. try not to be so hard on yourself. 
just to reinforce what you just said, I think that's 100% true. Not only is there an ebb and flow, but it's okay that there's an ebb and flow. I don't need to spend more time beating myself up because I'm beating myself up. You know, it's right. just sort of this fun little loop we can get ourselves on. It's the hamster wheel, the wheel of self-hate. Well, and that's a t-shirt right there. <laughs> something that I, I also point out to uh, coaching clients is that the stuff that comes up, the negative stuff that comes up from the outside world, whether it be someone telling you this or some message in advertising, it's not, it's not just a random occurrence of negativity. See, negativity lands on us all the time, but we don't pay attention to all of it. Like if, if someone says, geez, Michael, you're so effeminate. I really can't handle that. Have you ever thought of toning that down? Like <laughs> you don't have an issue with that. So it kind of rolls off your back. Would that be sure. accurate? Yeah. But, but if I say something or you encounter something that actually you do believe in your head is a problem, then that's going to trigger an avalanche. And right. The the thing is that there's a lot of stuff out there that we just don't take in at all because it doesn't match our perception of ourselves. Yeah. Or if it's something that you don't necessarily believe, but you've been told it so frequently that it triggers all of the past experiences that that have happened up to that point. Well, and, and what, that, what that means is you back. fear it might be true. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Or, or it's just something that has been put on you so frequently that it's it's become your identity by virtue of the fact that it's pervasive. That's it's just that's I think the the very common story where like yeah. you can you can try and carry as much self-esteem as you want but when you exist under the Chinese water torture of you are worth less because you weigh more it it sinks in eventually. It's just like there're going to be cracks in your defenses and it seeps through. Sure. And but, but that's you'll okay notice that- to own that recognize that and then eventually try and move past it. That's Absolutely. But there's a reason that some people are affected by that so much more than other people. Well, I think also yeah. just because I actually am fat and when people say, no, I'm saying there are yeah. fat people who let it roll off their back. Cause it doesn't like, it's like that. Does, they don't, they don't see it as a, as a judgment. They see it as a societal problem as, as opposed to like, Oh my God, maybe I am that And they take it inside and that creates a, a whole different resonance. Right. But I think according to the discussion we're having, even those people most likely have those low moments oh, and sure. that's okay. That's what Everybody we're getting does. at. Yeah. Everybody, Everybody has them. That's about anything, saying. about anything. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't like the idea of building up these mythical figures that are immune to the, the, the drop, which I just want to make sure we're not saying, you know, no, no, no. I don't think anyone's immune to, to stuff like this at all. No, no. And I, I think right now, just where we are in the world, we consume so much in there there's so much input some so much stuff pouring into our yeah. brains that we are seeing other people and seeing ourselves and comparing ourselves more than like any other point in time yeah i mean i think there's a mm-hmm. point where people didn't like see themselves in the mirror it's like oh i you know you you weren't getting just constant input and comparison um right so i think maybe i talked before in the uh in a previous episode about this app reface where it is a deep fake app where basically the, the point is like, oh, it's a fun, silly thing. Like deep fakes are like, a, like it's chill. It's not a scary thing. <laughs> and you can put your, like the app will put your face on different GIFs. And I, oh, yeah. and when I was doing that, I just got in this weird thing of like, I have never really had any kind of issue with my nose. But like I started <laughs> to like seeing my nose on another face, if that makes sense. I was like, my nose is so big. It's like, no, but that's just because that's not my face. And like, it doesn't, it's the whole, like 
that my brain is mm-hmm. doing so many different things right now yeah. that's yeah. like it's not my face it's uncanny valley it is like weird digital stuff happening um but it was just like i kind of was like oh my god like it's just so my nose <laughs> looks huge on Lillian warren's face <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Ann Warren is, is two inches wide. Any nose looks yes. weird on her. But yeah, that's like, kind of my point. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like our brains weren't meant to have to process things like that. Right. Yeah. And we weren't meant mm-hmm. to see, like go into the explore tab on Instagram and see uh, like be scrolling through 200 people in the span of like 30 seconds. Yeah. And evaluating, you know, yes, yes. Maybe, yes and maybe. even just subconsciously like being like, oh, Here's what 200 butts look like. Well, <laughs> what do you think of this then? Do you, you know, there's a lot of, there's so many, all the modeling out there. And I'm thinking particularly of like, you know, fitness models, uh, but it could be any model. I mean, uh, we could, we could name names, but we don't have to. Do you think it's had an unfair or deleterious effect on, on dating, on, on interactions with people? Do you think it's, do you think that's a big problem? Do you think it's an incidental problem? I would say it's a big problem and I would, yeah, I think as, um, you know, as we see kind of the commercialization and, uh, co-opting of body positivity, I mean, I'm not trying to be shady, but like, I know there are plus size models that Photoshop themselves and it is this weird thing to see people being held up as pillars of body positivity who are excessively Photoshopping their pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I, I have a lot of conflicted feelings about that. And one thing it's like, it's representation, but at the same time, it's the same thing that we've been fighting mm-hmm. for all these years. And it's like, it's, it's the same exact thing. It's just yeah. a really tough, it doesn't benefit lar- like the larger people who airbrush themselves. That representation doesn't necessarily benefit larger people mm-hmm. so much as it can benefit more body normal people who are looking to exhale and actually yes. be able to eat a sandwich. <laughs> you know, it doesn't yeah. help us, but it well, but helps them. Having, do you, you think know? it, do you think there's anything to be said for, Hey, if all the thin, pretty people can Photoshop, why can't we? So it's, I think it, I think it's a, a tricky issue. Cause I, I, some of the work that I've done over the years is uh, Photoshopping uh, magazine covers or, or it's uh, sometimes just magazine art within, and I, I feel like there's there is a a balance that can be struck, um, but it's it's not an easy black and white answer of either do you airbrush or do you not. Um, I think there is basically a photograph is is something that should not exist in real life. Like we are we are not used in as a as a society as people we are not used to be, being able to to look at a single snapshot of a person's face and pick apart every little detail, especially with as high resolution as photos are. That is a way that a way of looking at a person that invites criticism because you can mm-hmm. lock it in time and just pick it apart and scrutinize. And yeah. so, and scrutinize. So mm-hmm. the, the balance to that is try and make that person look like the best version of themselves. And the danger is when you start making, you know, you start using effects and Photoshop to make somebody look like an ideal or something that is actually not them yes. at all. Mm-hmm. Like once you start faking an alternate person that looks plastic and perfect, that I think is where you get into this uncanny valley of unrealistic expectations. Yes. But when I've been asked to do Photoshop work, 
for instance, on uh, many famous actors, but some of them have like you can probably just imagine, like Dan said, we don't have to name names, but many of them have like sort of are famously like craggy faces or like have a mole here or a mole there or whatever, or even ones that aren't as noticeable, like all of that stuff must stay and must be represented. But there are other things like, oh, this person's, you know, skin is blotchy in this area because they had acne. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's fair not necessarily to get rid of the acne, but to just make it less noticeable so that people's eyes aren't drawn specifically to it. Now I really want to find a picture of Edward James almost airbrushed so that his famously craggy <laughs> face is just baby smooth. I want to know awesome. what that would look like. It would like look awful. Now. It and, wouldn't look like him. That's the problem. And what I was talking about that it's, I'm not talking about like airbrushing skin smoothing. Like, you know, I have taken zits out of my own picture. Cause I'm like, I, I want to take a picture of myself. I have a zit today. I'm not going to have it. And you know, like a week, I don't want to remember, oh, the day I had a giant zit. <laughs> um, right. I'm talking about we are seeing, you know, the unobtainable body that is not this body. This this body cannot exist in reality. Like real distortion yes. photoshopping, like changing. Like you said, like making a person not well, a real person. Let anymore. me put it this way. If in the 1960s, when we started seeing black models showing up, if they had airbrushed those black models to become lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter so that they no longer represented the race, that it was a big deal they were representing, that would be an issue. So if we're talking about the same thing with fat people being represented for the first time in these same publications in the same way, and we're photoshopping them so they no longer represent the minority that were excitedly extolling the virtues that they're now being included, that I would say that is an issue. Well, you know, we see that already in plus size and in body positivity of, you know, we've we've moved the needle a little bit. Well, like, OK, you could be chubby and on a magazine cover mm -hmm. and you could be kind of fat and be on a magazine cover. But for Christ's sake, you're not that fat. I mean, boom, right. Like there's a there's a beyond the pale still. And I think that also maybe happens in skin tone. I think that maybe happens in culture, yeah. ethnicity. When we're doing I, that, it's like when we first started having black models, I'm, I'm, I don't know this for a fact, but I'd be willing to bet a lot of them are very light skinned. To wrap that back into our subject. So what does it do to a person who sees, like Trevor said, the Instagrammer uh, with that Photoshopped sort of unrealistic body? Uh, what does that do to a person who has their own body image issues wants to be fat positive and maybe even a fat, fat activist, but sees something that makes them feel like they aren't actually, that they don't actually fit in with that world because they don't look as quote unquote, like perfectly sculpted or mm -hmm. perfectly rounded as they do. Well, I, I think it goes back to what Don said is, you know, you may feel like you have the right to step into that conversation, but maybe it triggers a bunch of insecurities that maybe holds you back or you feel like, well, I'm not going to enter that fray. I feel like I have a different context with that in that okay. all my life I've had other models of bodies that I should look like, that I'm supposed mm -hmm. to look like put in front of me. And I tried at one point I tried very hard and it didn't work. Right. So when I see this photoshopped plus size model, I'm not thinking like, oh, maybe I could approach. I'm actually just looking at it and going like, oh, it's another body I can't achieve. And I'm mm -hmm. dismissing it the same way I do a mainstream thing. You know, it's. Because I've seen it, been there, done it. It's not working. So moving on. So it's know? not just that it doesn't represent you. It's that you, you, you get the message that you should be doing that or being that. Yeah. That's the, like, oh, this is what a fat person should look like. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, well, fuck you then. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
something else that I've kind of seen popping up somewhat recently. So kind of moving on from looking, moving on from Photoshop and actual physical alterations. Can you be, uh, I don't want to say body positive because it's like, no, like bad, body positive, bad. Um, (laughs) Can you, uh, I'll say body positive in the like body positive classic. Um, Do you mean like, do you mean pro fat? Pro fat, but even just like pro, like it's okay to look like whatever. Can you represent that? Can you call rally for that and have plastic surgery? Um, and Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're all in LA. I feel like the whole plastic surgery conversation is so different in LA. It really is. That's true. It um, is true. I think when it's when I got when I really understood for for people who don't live in LA, <laughs> when I understood that plastic surgery occupied just a different social niche in LA, was when I realized that people who got really obvious plastic surgery were not embarrassed or hiding it. It's like, yes, this is the plastic I choose to represent. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It it was almost seen as I don't know if I want to say an upgrade, but they weren't trying to make it look natural or at least it didn't bother them that it wasn't i think Mm -hmm. that's more what it is i don't think that they were like so i lived in malibu for six months the first six months i moved out here and there's a certain look that i started calling the malibu housewife look Mm -hmm. where it's just a very clearly manufactured face right it's like it's like belt sanded and enormous lips (laughs) i i don't think that it's specically a badge of pride but what i do think is that it's just normalized Right. Yeah, it's like, normal. That's exactly right. That's, yeah. It's just what some people look like after they do this thing. And, and I, I assume it's considered better than what they looked like before by them. By like them, they, by most themselves. likely. I always yeah. question if their spouses feel the same way. Mm. But uh, I, I'd be curious to talk to those those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but like I can't condemn someone for trying to change something about themselves to make them feel good. I, I if yeah. that's what you yeah. need, that's what you need. And I, you know, I'll stand behind you. Um, partially because I've seen the cat lady and I'm afraid to stand in front of her. If you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> yes, that oh, the God. cat lady, look up the cat lady, plastic surgery online. It's terrifying. Yeah. We'll stand well to the side of her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, God bless her. She looks what she wants to look like. Good for you. But mm-hmm. I'm going well, I mean, to say what I think. That's what I, I, like, I really hope you do. Like given the, 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 the difference between where you started and where you ended up, I really hope you're happy with that. Yeah. There I you go. Kinda, it's um, it, I I think body self-image is always in flux. We've already established yes. that. So I don't think it's, I, I don't think you can be fat positive because I'm always feeling good about my body. And if that's not the case, <laughs> then yes, you can have body issues and still be fat, fat positive because yes. that's what you're striving towards, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. So expanding on that, this is like, I feel like the, the, the one of the most controversial questions is can you have weight loss surgery and be fat positive Mm. right um and there's been several very prominent figures in kind of the fat activism world who have had weight loss surgery and usually it is something where it's like it's done they lose a drastic amount of weight and then they reveal have revealed it later Mm -hmm. let let me just reverse the question a little bit and rephrase it a little bit in that it's can you have, can you be fat positive and have weight loss surgery as opposed to, can you have weight loss surgery and be fat positive? Because you have an entire lifetime after your fat, your, your weight loss surgery, you're going to, yes. your, your opinions are going to change. You're going to keep growing as a person. 
So yes, absolutely. I I could have a leg removed and then become two leg positive. I mean, it's I've got 40 more years on me. I can change my mind to whatever I want. The question is in the moment. Yes. Being fat positive. Can you then have plastic? Yeah. Can you? Yeah. And I think I I'm going to go out and on a limb and say that the answer is yes, but it it heavily depends on how you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what Trevor is alluding to is influencers who kind of keep it secret. Right. Then they lose weight over time. And so all of the people who follow them notice that they're getting thinner and thinner and thinner and they sort of start adopting a new version of their influencer lifestyle that isn't necessarily about being fat. And then all of their followers who invested in them because they were a fat icon then start subconsciously feeling like, oh, should I be losing weight too? Well, you know, it Um, begs the question. I get that we're talking about influencers. I get that we may be talking about uh, fat activists or body positivity icons. But do they have the responsibility to explain their choice? Is that something that the public is entitled to? I would say well, absolutely not. Yeah. That's to, that's an extremely personal decision and to demand that Well, but, but it seems to be demanded. Influencer? Yeah, I, yeah, I understand that and I agree okay. with you. It is demanded. But I you can demand whatever you want. I don't owe you anything, you know? <laughs> it's like if that's what it comes down to. We, even, well, even if they're even if they're in the public eye for this issue. I would say if your reasons are altruistic for being in the public eye, then a responsible person will be forthcoming about it so that everybody can go through the process with them. That's mm. beneficial to everybody involved. Mm-hmm. I would say hiding it right. is bad for you because it implies that you're ashamed of it. It's bad for the public because it, it's robbing them of an opportunity to understand a new experience. But- you do not owe anything to your fan base that way. Like that's the mm-hmm. owing is not a thing that that is not the case. But I would say if you do care, you should be forthcoming. You know, that's well, and, yeah, that, I guess that was Trevor's question was, can you the implication is, can you be these two things and still be, you know, a good person? Like, can you be these two <laughs> things and still be uh, the the person that you're purporting to be to all the people that follow you. Like if you've gotten success in life, if you are getting things in life that keep you going, that make you famous because you are using people's adulation for you or their respect for you. um, Yeah. I would say if you don't want to be a trash person, you owe them. I would say you do owe them. That is, that is the, the pact that you make with the people that follow you. They are building you up. Um, and they are following your journey and you're inspiring them because you're, tr- I'm fat positive or body positive or whatever. Um, and I want you to love yourself. But then I go and get weight loss surgery. Am I going to be honest about that? Am I going to say, you don't need to get weight loss surgery, but I've chosen to. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, you know, I think you can be happy with yourself either way. In my case, this is my journey. I think there is a way to do that elegantly. We talked about it uh, earlier in the show mm-hmm. uh, about somebody who, in her case, she had to get weight loss surgery in order to get um, another surgery to help or, or to treat cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very transparent about the entire experience. Yeah. And I think that is one way to do it successfully in a way that keeps everybody on the same page about feeling good about themselves. Yeah. But then as Trevor's implying, like there are other people who do it secretly and I think that is damaging to the people that follow them who have entrusted them, who have, who, have entr- who have been entrusted to take care of the people that follow them. 
I think one of the things that comes up and the reason that uh, these influencers may announce it after the fact is I think there's a very real concern, uh, a justified concern that if they go through it with their fans, it kind of signals to the fans that the fans get a vote. Like I'm thinking of doing this. Like if you, if you started Mm. from the beginning, like I'm thinking of doing this, I'm probably going to do this. I'm, you know, I'm set up for surgery. It kind of opens the, the door to opinion. Which if right, you just get it done and announce it afterwards, you know, did, done, you, you know, you can. But that you know. is, again, that's what I'm saying. That's the social contract you make when you are then, if you're going to be an Instagram personality who gets to advertise to people and take money and say, I'm going to, I'm going to, these are the products that I'm getting paid to advertise to because mm-hmm. I have fans. Yeah. You, I, I'm saying you do, that is then your job. You are then making a living doing this based on the fact that you have people who follow you. You are now, you now have the trust of those people in your hand and how you handle it is important. Mm-hmm. I, I get your point. I think I, I concede a little bit on, uh, on the financial aspect of it. Yeah. If they're being paid for it and their fans are paying them based on that, that physical and that's, aspect. That's the I only reason that. people do it. That's However, the only reason people even, try even to Even then, there Instagram are reasons famous. to get weight loss surgery that have nothing to do with weight that can still be very personal. We talked to, last week or two weeks ago about the woman who desperately wanted to have a child, was told she mm-hmm. couldn't do to her weight, and so she had the gastric bypass surgery. That's really fucking personal. That's diabetes treatment. Gastric bypass is used for that. That's really freaking personal. So yeah. it's it's a complicated subject. It's a really complicated subject. So. Sure, uh, but I think I don't what think you're we're going to solve about it today. Is, is all I'm saying. <laughs> we're right, not leaving this room until <laughs> all, all of the world's problems. These four rooms. These four rooms. Yes. <laughs> I'm at the Zoom room. <laughs> <laughs> we're staying on the Zoom call forever. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the at the end of the day, like I think the the danger, whether no matter what side of uh, the experience you're on, is putting too much weight and trust about how you handle your own happiness and 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 happiness with how you look in other people mm-hmm. whether it's following an influencer or listening to somebody who says that you look like trash like putting too much weight on other people that's going to that's going to run you off the road one way or the other i will say this i think there's a bottom line to being an exponent of of any sort of activism very often, one of the reasons that one becomes an activist is because it's deeply personal and deeply personal things tend to be attached to deeply personal issues. And it's not that anybody is going to be issue free. And it's absurd to think that, well, I can't be an activist because I'm not issue free yet about this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's never going to happen. You'd, you'd, you'd sit in the corner forever. But I think there is something that I've seen where people who are that have not acknowledged they have an issue in an area or are not dealing with it, and then that becomes a detriment to their activism. That becomes an, a detriment to, be it body positivity mm-hmm. or whatever they're after, it's this sort of unexamined nature that can be an Achilles heel. Yeah. Yes. Introspection. Well, all right. We solved it. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! We get to leave. Okay, check. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing a tip here that actually looks very interesting to me. Yes. Um, so I woke up this morning to a message from Dan about this and then like my Instagram feed blowing up. Hmm. So there is a Kickstarter for oh yeah, a new line of plus size jeans called um fat trunk jeans. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's brand new, brand new Kickstarter, by the yes. way. Uh, so if you're listening today. to this live, check it out. Um, so basically, it is these are um, big and tall jeans. It's uh, size 38 to 60. Uh, and they made the pattern based off of a pair of size 54 jeans. Mm. Um, and they are off jeans of a, to designed. To be clear, size 54 model. Yeah. Like a person oh, who is yes, 34, person. 54 waist. Um, basically, they are jeans designed for fat people. It's a, a blend of cotton, polyester, and spandex. And right now there's just like one, it's a dark indigo and a 33 inseam, but they hope that after they launch, they'll be able to have more inseams. They'll have more colors, patterns. Um, and I inside inseam is my inseam. Oh, so it's the perfect <laughs> prize winner. It's perfect. I can only find 32 and 34. I can never find 33. That's amazing. And um, I just like that. Like, the best jeans I've had have been these kind of weird, you know, hybrid where there's some stretch to them. Like material blends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're basically, they're called the fat trunk jeans because they're trying to combat, um, what do they call it? The whole issue where like the legs are too big because they're like, oh, well, it's a fat person. So they have giant legs. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So it's a, like, you know, tapered fit and it has stretch so that mm-hmm. like it, it fits your legs nicely like a pair of pants should. You know, maybe this is the answer to a question that Dr. Joy Cox asked, and she is a, she's a luminary of the fatosphere. And she asked the question on her Facebook page recently. And I just thought it was wonderful. She said, what would clothes look like if there were no thin people and clothes were only designed for fat people? Like there was no other body to design for. Mm-hmm. Like right. there are only, only fat bodies out there and you had to design, what would clothes look like or what would be different? And I thought that was a marvelous question. And who knows? Maybe this is an answer. Maybe it is. Um, I'd like to think there'd be a lot more caftans because I would love to wear caftans. They <laughs> yes. look so comfortable. <laughs> they look so comfy. Where are our listeners who are, yeah. you know, they I got the say, needles in their mouth. They're working at the sewing machine. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm a coming. Hang on. They're down there at the caftaneria selling stuff. Yes. I, I got to say, I love the idea of these jeans because it's all my life. It's just been very clear that the jeans or the pants I'm wearing were not designed for a larger person. They were just no. expanded off of a smaller model, which always leaves them sitting very strangely on my body, especially in different positions. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's I love the idea of pants that understand my body. That gets me very excited. I don't know yeah. if it's a hundred dollars worth of excited, which is the price point for these it's, pants. Well, but. so well, it's a hundred dollars it. for a pair of jeans and a mask. This is no, but a, it's a Kickstarter. It's a it's Kickstarter. A Kickstarter. That's not the like, price. Of yes, clothes. Yes, the, exactly. you know, the point of blah, blah, blah. a Kickstarter. Like is I'd like to support to them. Support, but right. I want to get something you, back for my support. You, but you do. You get whatever you <laughs> pledge for. You're not sh- Kickstarter is not shopping. I just everybody <laughs> takes exactly. this down. Kickstarter is not shopping. <laughs> Kickstarter is supporting a company or a group of or a person that you believe in and then getting something back for that support. So it, when you see this and it's actually $115 for the actual jeans, uh, the 100 is is for a discount on your purchase. Um, if you see $115 for a pair of jeans, like obviously that's not the point. The point is you want to support these people and get their business launched. Yes. And then everyone can buy the jeans for whatever they're actually worth. And I would also say that you know, as fat people, we're used to having limited options and either paying like a, a small amount for a terrible piece of clothing 
or a large amount for a less terrible piece of clothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I would gladly, you know, I, I know straight size people that pay, you know, $115, let's say, for a very nice fitting pair of jeans. That is, is not unusual. Is um, different sizes for straight people? I don't know. Just, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I imagine creepy. everyone else is the same size. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. We do have a bit today. Yes. <gasps> do we? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. I am. I'm we so are ready. reviving our old friend. We've we've done this once before of fat rulers throughout history. Yay. Yay. History, history. I tried history. to find perky upbeat ones and I failed. So <laughs> here you go. Oh, goody. <laughs> Just the tyrants and dowagers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. I, and forgive me for the pronunciation on some of these names. This is a very multicultural one, and I have no idea how some of these are supposed to be pronounced. No, shan't. Aite, the queen of Punt, was a trading partner of the Egyptian queen Hatshepsut in 1500 BC. It may be hard to tell if people were thin or fat nearly 3,500 years ago, but why are they fairly sure the queen of Punt was a fat ruler? One. They found several unusual items in her tomb, including a sponge on a golden rod, apparently used to wash difficult to reach places. <laughs> oh, my. And a solid gold ceremonial belt that was at first mistaken to be a hula hoop. <laughs> Two, there are pictures of Aite on Hatshepsut's tomb where Aite is depicted as grossly obese, pictured standing next to a tiny little husband and a tiny little donkey. Under the donkey <laughs> is the inscription, this donkey had to carry the queen. <laughs> oh dear. Three, there are records from the period that the queen's weight was used as a weight measurement. A shipment of grain was oh. described as weighing five queens, which suggests her weight was likely around 400 pounds. Or four, when they found her sarcophagus, they expected it to hold the queen and several servants, a theory supported by the size of the box. But it was just her. Hmm. I want to mm. go with uh, option three that she, she yeah. that her weight was a standard was a standard a standard weight. of measurement. Yeah, I'm okay. also going with three standard of measurement. Michael, do uh, you dare buck the trend? The pressure, the pressure. Um, I won't. I'm gonna go with. I'll go with the fourth one. The uh, the size the, of the sarcophagus. The size of the tomb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the size of the. Yeah. Well, good for you. Uh, and the because the correct answer is in fact none, none, uh, neither of those. The, the oh, correct no. answer. <laughs> the correct answer is uh, item two. There are pictures of her on Hatshepsut's tomb. No, where oh she is God. depicted as grossly <laughs> obese. Um, however, this is a quick follow up to this one. More recently, the Queen of Punt syndrome, clinically <laughs> described, has been discovered. Okay. It's believed she wasn't actually. Uh, fat, but she suffered from a genetic disorder uh, that is described as having a rugged face, gluteal femoral obesity, hyperlordosis, and a symmetrical deposits of fat on the trunk, limbs, and thighs. Hmm. All right. Question two. According to the Bible, Eglon, Eglon? Eglon was an extremely fat king of Moab in modern Jordan. Uh, who united several tribes of highland and desert raiders to conquer the central Israelite tribes sometime in the 12th century BC. An Israelite named Ehud gained the king's confidence, got him in a room alone, and killed him. Hmm. How was his assassin punished? One, he was forced to eat figs until he ruptured himself. <laughs> oh, dear. Whoa. Two, 
Still alive, he was used as a cushion in the king's sarcophagus when he was buried. Mm. Three, the king's final very large meal was inserted inside of the assassin and the orifice through which it was inserted was sealed shut. The orifice was not the mouth. Or four, the assassin was never punished. The servants thought the king was having an extremely long, powerful bowel movement and his death wasn't discovered until after his assassin had escaped and rallied a fucking army. A whole army just to fuck? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy. I'm going to say f- the fig one because that sounds like one oh of those God. like horrible Forced to deaths. eat figs until he ruptured himself. Yes. Force figged. Okay. Wow. Force figged. Fig you, man. Oh, there are also terrible options. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Don, but <laughs> I'll have you know I wrote three of these. I know, I know. And what a del- and what a what a wonderful job you've done matching it to the authentic answer. <laughs> oh, uh, geez. I Michael? think that he got away. I think the the, the he uh, got number away four, and, the assassin yeah. was never punished. Yeah. Okay, Dan. I, I for some reason I want to go with that. Maybe just because it's I don't know the least awful <laughs> and the correct answer is the assassin was never punished Yay. I got one. apparently if you want all the gory details uh the <laughs> according to the story the assassin's dagger got trapped inside of his victim because of the fat um and then as he was trying to leave it apparently ruptured his large intestine uh so there was a certain smell of bathroom activities oh. that hung in the air and the the servants just never went in because apparently that was just normal, uh, oh, for epically long and smelly poops. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Question three: George the Fourth has the dubious distinction of being the fattest king in English history. According to legend, what was his favorite bec- breakfast? <laughs> One about a quarter quarter barrel of Irish whiskey. Oh. Two. Ooh. Two roast <laughs> pigeons. Three beefsteaks, a bottle of white wine, a glass of champagne, two glasses of port, and one of brandy. Three. Noticing a trend. Sticky toffee pudding sandwiched between thick slices of Madeira cake. Oh, my. Or four. Water and several slices of raw cucumber and a large bowl of steamed cabbage. Most of these sound like normal uh, quarantine breakfasts. (laughs) (laughs) They certainly are, Trevor. That's what I keep telling you. They certainly are. (laughs) Which reminds me, I keep running out of port. Um, Uh, I want to go with the the second option. Yeah. Just the champagne and the the... various breakfast items. Not me. I'm going with the cabbage. You're going with the cabbage? (laughs) Yep. I'm going with Michael. Okay. And the correct answer is, in fact, Two roast pigeons, three beef steaks, oh a bottle of white Yay. wine, a glass of champagne, two glasses of port, and one brandy. So I was so close. I got two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michael, if you get a third one, the world officially ends. Uh, no, no, no. It gets better. The COVID is cured. <laughs> All right. Question four. When Pope John the 23rd overheard a woman exclaim, oh, my God, he's so fat as he passed by. What was what was his response to her? Uh, I should point out that he was from the 1960s, in case that's important. It's a very recent one. Okay. One, he said, Madam, I trust you understand the papal conclave is not exactly a beauty contest. Two, he -hmm. did nothing, but did lift his vestment and slapped his large belly at her. (laughs) Three, he invited her to dinner, a move that was celebrated by Catholics as an example of how one should turn the other cheek. Or four. Mm. 
He threw handfuls of holy water at her, soaking her in front of her friends. (laughs) (laughs) With with a super soaker. Um, (laughs) Hmm. uh, I'm going to go for the belly slap. Belly slap? Yep. Is that because Uh, you believe it or because it's wishful? um, I'm sorry. Is there a difference? Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I can just see that it it has. I mean, you're passing by. It's got to be something quick, but you want to acknowledge it. Yeah, I can can understand that. Okay. I'm going with the first one, the, the, the witticism. Madam, I trust you understand the papal conclave is not exactly a beauty contest. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Trevor. Um, I'm going to go with he splashed her with holy water because I've seen a lot of <laughs> priests with super soakers full of holy water for like <laughs> socially distant <laughs> baptisms. Uh, so I just like the idea of uh, him like dumping a bucket of holy water. On I actually saw a news story about a priest that was giving communion. Uh, oh my God! At a distance, that was basically <laughs> chucking the wafers and shooting wine at people as they went by. The correct answer is, in fact, <gasps> Madam, I trust you understand that no. it is not exactly oh, no. beauty contest. Cured. Oh no, the world's ending. Michael cured. got him all right. Michael, <laughs> I'm a ma- okay. Michael, so that's four for four. Is that there right? he is. Okay, no, I got the, we all got the first one. Let's one. see if Michael can pull off the clean <gasps> sweep with a five for five. Oh my goodness! Are we ready? Okay. Yes. Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States, claimed after his first physical on the job that he was three, six foot three and weighed 243 pounds. These claims seemed to be false as he was visibly shorter and fatter than was claimed, as well as evidence provided by his driver's license where he was listed as shorter and comparisons to other celebrities with the same stats that were clearly thinner and more athletic than him. People who called his official weight uh, a lie started calling themselves. One, the four five O's, a reference to him being the 45, 45th president and a closer approximation of his weight. <laughs> Two, the freight watchers, due to a comment mm. made by MSN's Chris Hayes that compared Trump's pants to oversized cargo containers. Oh, dear. Three, girthers, due to Trump being <laughs> one of the loudest members of the birther movement. Mm. <laughs> or four, obviousts, for obvious reasons. <laughs> I am, I'm going to go with Girthers. I'm pretty sure it's Girthers because that, that rings a bell. Okay, we I'll, got two for Girthers. I will, I, I'm going to cave to the pressure and also go with Girthers. Wow, we have a unanimous consensus for number three, Girthers. Are we even the, right? And the correct answer is, all right, everybody, Michael's cured COVID. <gasps> five for five, <gasps> Girthers. <I did> Yay. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <everyone>. <laughs> Uh, thank you for spending another Good hour job. with the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Yeah, we're another uh, another fun uh, <laughs> license dice for Michael here. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to this episode and it's only thirty seven minutes long, you'll know that I did my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that time for me to tell you about where you can follow us and see all the lovely things we talk about. Dude, we're yeah. on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there on, on and at uh, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. See the lovely materials we referenced at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Hey. Uh, and that's it. Uh, you did it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> maybe you are uh, one of the fat bears that didn't win Fattest Bear Week. And you're, you're <laughs> glad to spend some time with us, but you're kind of dreading the rest of the week. Um, and then there's a knock at your little bear door because you're not sealed up in your cave for winter yet. And it's, um, 
Michael. 747. <laughs> and uh, he's here to help you take some new selfies for uh, all the apps. And um, <laughs> I guess get, uh, get, this week it's Michael who should look out. <laughs> Convoluted, but he got there. <laughs> I've got my Mary Kay bear makeup kit ready for you. Mary Kay bear.